So hello again everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Tea Time with Elvis. I'm Mark, your host, and of course I'm joined by my co-host Elvis, who's currently sitting on the carpet, chewing something, looking thoroughly pleased with himself. Uh, in this second episode I decided we would uh, try and shake up the format a little bit, so I thought we'd start with some uh, positive news items that I've seen this week, uh, maybe positive news, uh, weird news, uh, or just something a bit interesting and, and, and different, you know, trying to stay away from all of the negative uh, coronavirus news that we seem to be being bombarded with at the moment. Then I thought we'd try a section called Check It Out, where we'll look at uh, interesting uh, articles or um, pieces about culture related to the Czech Republic. And then I thought perhaps we could look at some personal recommendations, maybe some film, uh, television show, or book that I find particularly interesting that I think you might also enjoy. As I'm an English teacher, uh, it might also be a good idea to uh, have a small section on uh, English, uh, particularly things like uh, idioms, proverbs, etc., rather than just uh, long boring bits about grammar. Uh, I know many of you speak English quite well, uh, which is obviously why you're listening to this. Many of you, of course, are not native English speakers, and you would like to perhaps know a bit more about uh, more unusual aspects, uh, phrases and sayings in English. Then we'll have our tea, uh, tea Time with Elvis Tea of the Week, plus our fantasy tea time guest chosen by either myself or Elvis. And that's what we have in store for you today. I hope it sounds uh, interesting for you. Uh, thanks for all the positive feedback from our first episode and for encouraging me to proceed with making uh, this second episode. Uh, I'm very grateful for that and certainly I do enjoy making these things and all the while someone enjoys listening to them, I will certainly uh, continue you can follow us uh, on Spotify or other platforms. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram, all with the same name, Tea Time with Elvis. So let's get on with our show. I'm looking forward to it very much. In other news... In other news this week, I've chosen two news, news stories that I found particularly interesting. And, luckily, they're not uh, related to the current pandemic. The first one I saw, which is really, really quite bizarre, uh, concerns a pensioner, a French pensioner, uh, that's a retired person, was accidentally ejected out of a fighter jet. Yeah, let me just repeat that. A pensioner was accidentally ejected out of a fighter jet. So what happened, apparently, was this uh, old-age pensioner, well, he's not so old, he's only about 64, he was given the retirement gift of a ride in a French Air Force fighter jet. Okay? So he was given the gift of a ride in a French Air Force fighter jet. Crazy. Apparently... He wasn't particularly interested in flying. It wasn't something 
uh, necessarily he wanted to do. He didn't find out about it until uh, it was quite late. It had been arranged uh, through the French Defence Ministry um, as, a, as, a, as a surprise. It wasn't very easy for him to, to back out. Uh, and of course, there was a lot of information for him to take in, a lot of safety information to take in. He wasn't able to take all the information in, so of course when it came to the jet taking off, it took off with uh, such force, uh, the G-force or whatever you want to call it, that of course he panicked, he reached out to grab hold of something to steady himself, and it turned out to be the ejector seat. So he was ejected out of the passenger uh, part of the plane, uh, blew off the canopy, and... Uh, as he was thrown out with such force, he actually lost his helmet. And uh, luckily, though, the, the parachute deployed and he landed uh, safely near the border with Germany. Uh, he sustained only minor injuries, but I can't imagine how scary and how crazy uh, that would be, especially to somebody who had no particular interest in aviation anyway. Um, the aircraft itself landed safely. The pilot, of course, was commended for his um, ability to, to get the plane back down again. But honestly, I mean, it it is nice to read something a bit different. I'm not sure exactly when it happened, um, as it's uh, you know, a government agency uh, that released the information, and it's to do with aviation. It's at least several months old, but of course it was only released uh, to the public in the last week or so. Uh, moving on to the second bit of news, which I really liked, and it's, it's kind of a feel-good story, and of course it fits in uh, to, you know, this uh, this uh, feeling uh, I have towards dogs, and of course Elvis uh, likes them as well, and it involves uh, a dog, uh, a Czech dog, uh, just like Elvis, uh, who went missing. He went missing for 12 days. Uh, he's from Harakov in northern Bohemia, and uh, this poor dog disappeared and apparently uh, made his way into neighbouring Poland and travelled uh, into Poland for about 60 kilometres. However, he was very lucky. Uh, I should say she, rather. It was a she. Uh, sorry, I'm reading this from Czech, and my Czech isn't very good, and they use the term uh, fenka, which uh, it does mean a female dog, so I apologise for that. So she travelled into Poland for around 60 kilometres and luckily uh, some kind soul found her, realised she was lost and uh, took her back towards uh, uh, the, the Czech Republic. She met up with her owners and uh, it's quite surprising because of course at this time the borders are, are closed uh, and I think that is one of the border crossings that is closed and certainly they're closed for non but essential travel, food deliveries, lorries, that kind of stuff. So it was quite interesting that the authorities actually allowed the border to open for this uh, dear dog to be returned to her owners and returned to her home. So that's a really lovely story. Uh, excellent. Okay, so let's move on to the next part. So welcome to this new section of the podcast, uh, which I'll call Check It Out. This is a section that looks at life, culture, language, 
history in the Czech Republic from the point of view of an Englishman who's lucky enough to live here. Today, I thought I would give you a little bit of an insight of what it's like to be an English teacher in a small village primary school. I'm very lucky because last year I started working uh, my first contract job, if you like. So before that, I was only paid on a per lesson basis at various schools in and around the town I live in. I got this first contract position at a fantastic little school in a small village located in the Eagle Mountains. That's in eastern Bohemia, not far from the border with Poland. The school is quite small. It consists of around 170 students. And it has around 13 uh, teaching staff. I teach English conversation. I teach that in tandem with the uh, Czech English teacher. And I think we work very well as a team. This year, I've also started teaching using the CLIL method. And this is content, language and integrated learning or content learning and integrated language. I should really check that. I should really look that up. Uh, but basically what it is, is when you teach other subjects in English. So at the moment, I'm teaching a few other lessons. Uh, I'm teaching uh, 20 minutes or 25 minutes a week in biology, geography, and art. And the idea of this, of course, is to give kids the experience of using English in context. So when we look at geography, we're able to discuss the country names in English, uh, geographical features and things like that in English, so they can uh, learn that at the same time they're learning them in Czech. So the idea is that it's easier for them to remember it. Uh, the same thing, of course, with biology. You know, in standard English lessons, you learn about body parts and parts of the face and things like that, but it's a bit random. Whereas when they learn about this in their biology lessons, they can have, you know, a dedicated 20, 25 minutes a week where they get to learn these things at the same time in the English language. Of course, given the current situation at the moment, it isn't very easy uh, because we are now all teaching remotely. Uh, I've been quite impressed how the schools responded to this. Uh, we've become quite high tech. We've got various uh, blogs, web pages dedicated to teaching. We have YouTube channels. And of course, from an English uh, conversation point of view, it's actually quite a nice medium to use. Uh, each week, I set the kids various challenges. We had ones ranging from um, film recommendations, question chains, where I ask one student three questions, they then proceed to answer my questions and ask another student three questions. And they make a video chain where they answer questions and then ask questions of another classmate. And that's proved to be quite fun. And recently we've done a family challenge where the kids uh, have to interview a member of their family in English. And that's been very entertaining and very interesting as well to see uh, the difference, of course, in English ability between some of the children and their parents. So that's a little bit of information about what it's like uh, 
to teach here and what I what I what I generally do here. Um, and you know, next time we'll we'll talk about something else. So I hope that was interesting for you. And we'll now move on to the next part of this podcast. We all have a lot of time on our hands at the moment, given the current situation. One might actually say too much time. Normally, I'm someone who likes to spend my free time reading books. However, as I said in the last podcast, I haven't been able to do this for some reason. I can't, I can't seem to concentrate. So I'm a bit annoyed that I've wasted uh, valuable reading time during this period, uh, though I have been able, obviously, to start new projects such as the podcast, which obviously makes it not a complete waste of time. And I have been watching a lot more television. Uh, I mentioned last time about The Tiger King, which I finally finished, and it really is as bizarre and crazy as everybody says, so it's definitely worth checking that out. Though the television show I'd like to recommend this week is called uh, Race Across the World. And this is from the BBC. And what it is, uh, about uh, five uh, pairs of travellers have to race from one place to another place. And obviously the two places are quite far apart. In the first series, they had to race from London to Singapore. And the current uh, series, they're having to race from Mexico City to uh, Ushuaia, I believe it's called, Ushuaia, uh, in the far south of Argentina. And... Of course, they have various challenges. They have to stop off at various checkpoints. They're not allowed to fly. They're given only uh, the equivalent amount of money to the airfare, right? So it's around, uh, you know, maybe maybe two thousand uh, pounds or something like that per uh, per person in each group. And as I said, they have to stop at various checkpoints. Um, and they must race to do this. In the first season, they had elimination, so the last team at different checkpoints were eliminated, uh, and that was okay, though I will say the second season has been much, much better, where they haven't got any eliminations, and uh, you just follow each team as they make their way from checkpoint to checkpoint. Uh, the winners receive, I believe, uh, around twenty thousand pounds. So it's not a bad, uh, not a bad thing. Um, it's all about, I guess, budgeting and and all the different um, challenges they face uh, on these journeys. Of course, uh, you know, political unrest. I think appears in in this current series. Um, someone loses all their money. Um, and it kind of, you know, they, they all seem to have various problems in their personal lives. Uh, one married couple uh, are having to, you know, mend their relationship after the husband had a, had a very uh, horrible operation, which actually left him almost completely deaf. Um, there's a mother with her adopted son uh, trying to, you know, enjoy a trip together. So it's interesting on a personal level watching uh, the dynamics between uh, the people uh, in their pairs as well as as a group as a whole when they when they meet up 
And of course, it's just interesting watching them travel, looking at their different experiences uh, and how they go about uh, dealing with the challenges they face. So if you have access to being able to watch BBC television, then I certainly recommend you check out Race Across the World. I thought that as I'm an English teacher, I should have a little bit about language in here. So we have a new section to this podcast called the Language Corner, where I would like to introduce you to some interesting uh, points of language, uh, phrases, idioms, that kind of stuff. And as the podcast is called Tea Time with Elvis, and we have, of course, a Tea Time with Elvis Tea of the Week and things like that, I thought I would start off with a look at a few tea idioms. And certainly one of my listeners uh, contacted me last week and asked me about my use of the phrase, uh, it's not my cup of tea. So that will be our starting point. What does it mean when we say that something is not someone's cup of tea? Basically, it just means you're not interested in it. You have no interest at all. I have a friend, he absolutely loves Formula One racing, but I don't. So I can say Formula One racing is not my cup of tea. Our second phrase, second idiom, is very nice as well. And it's the expression as useful as a chocolate teapot. Probably you can guess what this means, but it means that when something is no use at all. In fact, it's useless. I mean, if you think about it, if you have a teapot, you add hot water to it. If that teapot is made of chocolate, it would, in fact, be useless, of course, because the teapot would melt and you would end up with a horrible, mushy, although yummy, chocolatey mess. So if, for example, I said to you, uh, having windows that open on an aeroplane, uh, especially a, a jet plane, it would be as useful as a chocolate teapot. So in essence, absolutely useless, not useful at all. And the last one is the expression, not for all the tea in China. And what it means basically is that you would not be able to persuade me to do anything. It doesn't matter what you offer me, uh, I will not do it. So for example, if we were to take a holiday to Paris, that beautiful city and its uh, famous landmarks, including the Eiffel Tower. And you said to me, hey, Mark, let's go up the top of the Eiffel Tower. I would say to you, no way, not for all the tea in China, because, of course, I am deathly afraid of high places, can't stand them. So you could offer me uh, money or anything else. And I would say absolutely no way, not for all the tea in China would I go up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. So I hope that was a bit interesting for you. And uh, yeah, we'll see what will be in store in this section next time. Our Tea Time with Elvis Tea of the Week this week is a simple but elegant Twining's Earl Grey.
It's a very aromatic tea. I find it very soothing and relaxing to drink. The tea itself first came about in 1831, when Richard Twining, who created the Twining's brand, made this particular blend at the request of the Prime Minister of the day, Charles Grey, the Earl Grey. He loved the tea so much that he put his name on it. And this Twining's Earl Grey tea is the tea of choice for the next segment in this podcast, which is our Tea Time with Elvis fantasy tea time guest. So our Tea Time with Elvis fantasy tea time guest is a new segment where each week either Elvis or myself will choose somebody living or dead who we would like to get to know, to chat to, over a nice cup of tea. This week I've chosen a man who I'm sure most of you have never heard of. However, he is probably most famous for having the most badass introduction to any Wikipedia page. And this particular man is known as Lieutenant General Sir Adrian Carton Deviat. He lived from 1880 to 1963, and he was a British Army officer born of Belgian and Irish parents. He was awarded the Victoria Cross, which, for those who don't know, is the highest military decoration in the British Army. It's awarded for conspicuous gallantry and valour in face of the enemy. Now, a lot of recipients of this uh, award uh, don't survive to actually get it. They get the award posthumously, which means they get it after they died, because, of course, uh, they've been so brave that they've actually died in the course of getting the award. Um, he served and fought in the Boer War, the First World War and the Second World War. And according to Wikipedia, he was shot in the face, head, stomach, ankle, leg, hip and ear. He survived two plane crashes, tunneled out of a prisoner of war camp and tore off his own fingers when a doctor refused to amputate them. When asked to describe his experiences in the First World War, he wrote, Frankly, I had enjoyed the war. Now, I came across him a few years ago. I think it was in some kind of a YouTube video about uh, so-called badasses, forgive the language. Uh, and uh, I was quite intrigued by him. So I went out and I bought his book, Happy Odyssey. And it's a very interesting read. Uh, certainly the man is no great master of literature, but then, of course, uh, the story he has to tell is what uh, keeps you reading. Now, I mentioned he won the Victoria Cross. However, nowhere in his uh, autobiography does he mention it. In fact, it's left up to Winston Churchill to mention it in the foreword of the book. So he, in that, in that way, is certainly a very modest man uh, indeed. Uh, I suppose he isn't a very politically correct choice. He's a man of his age. Uh, he's quite uh, rough around the edges, but he was definitely an eccentric. I remember from reading uh, the book, you know, he lost his eye. So he had uh, an eye patch he wore and he lost one of his arms. Uh, it mentions in the Wikipedia page that he uh, survived two uh, plane crashes. In one of those plane crashes, uh, 
Uh, he, by this point, had already uh, lost both his eye and his arm. And uh, when the plane went down, uh, one of the pilots was uh, unconscious, and somehow he managed to rescue him by swimming uh, over a kilometre uh, to land. God knows how he did that with only one arm, but then God knows how he did most of the things he did. So if you have uh, an interest in learning more about him, I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of his book, Happy Odyssey, or just read about him on Wikipedia. Uh, I'm not quite sure uh, he would be uh, happy to just sit down and drink uh, tea uh, over the course of a conversation. He might perhaps enjoy something a bit stronger. But for me, my first choice in this, uh, the first outing for this particular segment uh, is uh, Sir Adrian carton Divide, General Sir Adrian carton Divide. Uh, I would really like to sit down, have a chat, and uh, discuss his most remarkable life. So I hope you've uh, enjoyed uh, learning a little bit about him. Uh, I didn't want to go into too much detail, of course, uh, because I'm sure you could make an entire podcast about him, to be honest. Uh, but uh, it's something different. And next week, perhaps we'll have a choice from uh, Elvis. I would like, of course, uh, in the future to get some real live guests on here. Uh, but as you know, this is only the second episode. I'm a complete novice. And I'm sure, uh, apart from a few friends who, of course, are very interesting indeed, and a few of them have actually agreed to come on at some point, um, you know, it's not perhaps something that appeals to a lot of people to come on and speak to someone who's only made their second podcast, uh, the second podcast in their life uh, already. But maybe once I'm more established, and if people have enjoyed it, it's something we can look to do in the future. So that concludes the second episode of Tea Time with Elvis. I hope very much that you've enjoyed uh, listening to it again as much as I've enjoyed making it. Um, of course, I do realise there are a few uh, errors perhaps in the editing and the sound quality maybe isn't as amazing as it could be for I've yet to buy uh, a microphone. Of course, I have to prioritise things uh, at, these, uh, at this difficult time. Though, uh, if interest picks up and it seems worthwhile, I shall certainly look into uh, acquiring one. Uh, so thank you so much for bearing with me. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as I say, please feel free to follow us on uh, Instagram or YouTube, Tea Time with Elvis, uh, and subscribe, of course, to this, this podcast. That would be really great. Uh, so yes, I, I wish you all the very best. Please stay in, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, yes, have a, have a great rest of the week. Until next time, uh, all the best from Elvis and I. Take care. Bye-bye.